You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Oh, yes, it is. It is a day, a time, a moment to celebrate. Not because it's the NBA Finals. Not because it's the Stanley Cup Final. Not because we sent Triple Crown. Not because the College World Series has begun, Sam. But because now I have worked at the Farmington Country Club for four years. Since the first day, actually, of my senior year in high school. It's been, it's been a long time since I've been working there. And I worked yesterday, Friday, and for the very first time, I got my name tag, Sam. Wow. I got a name tag. So this is the story you were saying. This was wow. the story, yep. Oh, I, you know what? This is not – got to get a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. I know. it's. So you no longer are being told that you should wear someone else's name tag. Yes. How excited, how excited were you to put it on? <sighs> Well, I'll, like tell, a, I'll tell you the moment, like right? Was it like a top five moment of your life? It's it's up there. If it's not, I mean, it's... Top ten? It's definitely top ten, without a doubt, hands down. So, the when it happened, the moment that actually happened, uh, I was... Yesterday, I was actually very busy. Friday, pretty busy, uh, especially from really 11 o'clock on to the end of my shift around 3 o'clock, pretty much always doing something. And I brought a card around right towards, uh, you know, right the first tee, and Goody, or John Goodrich, uh, one of the, or a bag boy, um, he comes over and, and goes, here. And I go, no way. He goes, yeah. Like, oh, my God. I got a name tag. I got a name tag. I was so excited. He Did goes, he know the backstory behind this? He, yeah, he knew that I hadn't uh, never gotten one. So he was like, I figured to be excited. I was like, yeah, like, do I get, like, a promotion Do I with this name tag? Do I get a little extra pay per hour? Oh, it was, it was, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it, Sam. Well, good for you. you Thank know? you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud, you know, you probably slept great last night. Oh, I slept that. like a baby. It was knowing that I have my You're name tag. You're officially part of the Country Club of Farmington fraternity now. Whew. It's about time. No longer years. Chris Nori. No longer Chris Nori. <laughs> you well, know, wouldn't have made. Wouldn't have. I guess I didn't keep my name tags there ever. But um, if you had taken mine, I actually said that's a goodie. I was like, you know, after all these years, I probably could have just crossed off Sam's name and just put Brian. That would have looked really bad. <laughs> it would have. Yeah. But it was funny. All right. Well, you are listening to the Sports Brothers yeah. podcast. What a way to start it. Good story, Sam, wasn't it? In other news, Sam just found out he's down now two. Uh, down. He's now two and ten this week on his, with his fantasy baseball team, after two days ago being up six to five, and then yesterday down five to six. Now down by eight. My fantasy team sucks this year. I'm a game and a half out of first in my division, but this one's really gonna. Unless we turn some things around, I'm easily twenty games below five hundred. Might be a team meeting tonight. Really? Yeah, looking for that big Sunday. <laughs> You know, like Ben Crenshaw at the 99 uh, Ryder Cup. I'm telling you, I got a feeling. I got a good feeling about this. All right. Well, for today's podcast, we're going to be doing some NBA Finals. Emily Whip Around, we'll talk about some we'll have an injury report and teams that are hot and whatnot. Um, then we'll be doing a uh, little NFL talk. Haven't done any NFL talk this year. Uh, we did 
Did we do draft? No, the draft was when we were in school, so really didn't even do that. And then something, bro. Uh, no, back on the radar. Sometimes Sam. you just have to sneeze if that got caught on the mic. Yeah. Sometimes uh, it just ha- Keith Hernandez yep. sneezed on the Mets telecast last night. <laughs> He's and he goes, you know, sometimes you just got to sneeze. So that's what happened there. Me and Keith, we got something in common. <laughs> Good for you. Sneezing on the air. Uh, so. Um, yeah, should be a good show. Um, and of course, you are listening on NicoDiGregorio.com. Nico has a new episode every Monday, so make sure you check his next episode out in about 48 hours or so. It is Saturday, June 13th, and it is 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, let's get started. Same with the NBA Finals. It is, uh, we're waiting for Game 5, which will be tomorrow night. The series is tied at two apiece. Uh, I know I'm surprised that the Cleveland Cavaliers even got two games. I expected once Kyrie Irving was done after game one that this thing would be over in four games, maybe five uh, with a Golden State sweep. But uh, here we are, critical game five. Cliche, but it's true. Usually whoever wins game five uh, goes on and wins that series. Yeah, usually. And uh, I know on the podcast I initially picked Golden State, but I told you I also tweeted it out after game two. I uh, switched my pick to Cleveland. I'm not just feeling so good about that anymore. Uh, but I'm not going to go switching back my pick, so I'll stay with oh, Cleveland. Oh, you're only allowed one switch per series? Is that what you got? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's just just clarifying that because you did say I'm not going to switch my pick. Acting like, you know, oh, I'm going to stick to my to my original pick when you really it's not your original well, pick. Well, I was going out on the limb by taking Cleveland, was I not? You were, but still. You still went back on your pick. Regardless... Uh, you look at that Game 4 victory for the Warriors, Sam, and I don't think anything really changed in, in terms of how the Warriors... Oh, well, it did no no no, 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 let me finish. I don't think anything changed in terms of their offense and, and their offensive flaw. I think they're just making their shots. They're making... It completely changed. How did it change? They took I, Andrew Bogut out of the starting lineup. They put Draymond Green. He played the five. But I think... It th- was a more versatile team on the floor. You saw right away, yeah, they had open shots in the first three games, but they had... They had more open more, shots. I don't think on. it was that much yes, more. Yes, it was. The, I floor, don't, the floor, you didn't They think were the, making more you shots. You didn't think the floor looked more spread in that game four. Not necessarily. It definitely was. I, when you got Andre Iguodala, uh, 22 points in that game, it's very, very difficult you to be Mazgoff a Golden State Warriors Andre team. Iguodala, Bri. That changes things. It's a completely different look that they went with. And yes, it, it they uh, they got out-rebounded, not by much, but they got out-rebounded, especially on offensive rebounds. Cleveland had 16 to their 6. but So that's what they're t- trying to t- they're, they're trying to balance that out. They know they're going to struggle to rebound at times, especially with Tristan Thompson and Timothy Mozgov on the floor at the same time for Cleveland. But their offense ran much better with the 5 that they primarily went with. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Equidal into that starting lineup. Draymond Green at 6'7", starting at I the just think in, in the first three games, they weren't always seeing those shots, those open shots. Okay, maybe they're a little more open, but they were so open in the first three games. The difference was in this game four was they were hitting those shots. Well, if, yeah, they hit their shots, but they also had a lineup that allowed them to get more open shots. It, it changes series by series with what you do with your personnel. And it looks like in this series, they might have to go small. Andrew Bogut did end up playing only three minutes. So he didn't get three much. Three fouls. And, and three fouls, yeah. So he didn't get much playing time. 
but now the Golden State, they're going back home. And Sam, as you mentioned, you're not feeling too confident with your pick. No. Uh, because going back to Oracle, it's going to be tough. They they Hey, Cleveland did already beat them in Oracle once. Really could have beaten them twice in Game 1. Uh, but it's going to be tough to do in Game 5. Yeah, you would think that with the momentum Golden State has now, they've been so good at home, they've only lost their, what, four times now? Four times, yeah. Uh, twice in the regular season, twice now in the playoffs. You would think with turning the right key the other day and uh, their good feelings that they're going to take care of business at home, you wouldn't think that they dropped a one and two inside Oracle in this NBA championship series. I mean, it's to me, I think the rest of the series, I think it's going to go home team wins. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't see, I see Golden State winning. I don't see Cleveland losing on their home court. I don't think LeBron would allow that. And then same thing for a game seven, uh, which would be next Friday. Uh, unfortunate for you, Sam, but Tough break. yeah. Um, and I, and, and really, I think it's only fitting for the series for the clinching game to be on whoever's, uh, home floor. I mean, you look like Golden State hasn't won an NBA championship since 1975. Cleveland, we know that story for, for damn sure. They haven't won a professional championship since 1964. So I, I, I just think that whoever, uh, it should be on their home floor because yeah, it's been well, so long. You always like to see it on the team's home floor. Uh, but, yeah, it, I think especially Cleveland more so because, yeah, Golden State hasn't won a title in so long, but the Giants have won a title or two recently. So it's not like these fans are starving for any sort of title. No. Um you know what I'm saying? No, no, I know what you're saying. Cleveland, they're just looking for something. And you, you got the Browns and the Indians have had, they had their run in the 90s. Uh, and then I guess they, they probably should have beat the Red Sox in 07 in that ALCS. Up, they were up 3-1. Up 3-1. Uh, but, yeah. Never should have tra- traded away Manny either. Who? The, 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 the Indians. Or he signed? He signed. Oh. That's before you really knew. Yeah. That's when you call the Mary Moranza. Mary Romanza. <laughs> Remember my first Red Sox game against the Rangers? Back when Alex Rodriguez was on that team, by the way. My first Red Sox game was also against the Rangers. Alex Rodriguez was not on that team. And Manny hit up in the first inning, and I said, yay, Mary Romanza. And that's all I remember. And Pedro pitched. Went with – did he? Yep. He pitched in my first game, too. Huh. Was it the same game? No. <gasps> my game was great. We um, went with Dan Meadows. Yeah, he well, he got us the tickets. Uh, my first game, I went with Dad and Cousin Zach and Cousin Ryan. Ah. Uh. We threw peanuts. We waited to leave the stadium, let it clear out a little bit after the game. We threw peanuts off the back of the grandstands on the people on the street. Dad encouraged <laughs> okay. that. I'm sure he did. He's, he's um, mature. The beach ball was going around, and I, I smacked that thing and hit a woman right in the back of the head. <laughs> And she took it and put it underneath her seat for a while. She got booed. She took the booze, and then she threw it back up into the crowd. The booze got to her, apparently. Eh. It was like people had forgot about it. Then she was like, eh, whatever. What am I going to do with the beach ball? And then the best part was we were parked over near a McDonald's. And we're leaving. And Dad goes, oh, take some straws. You can do spitballs. <laughs> so oh we're, we're driving out of the city. And we're on one side of the road. There's a meridian in the middle. There's about three lanes. 
and then the sidewalk. So 50, 75 feet, somewhere in there. You could ask Ryan about this next time you see him. Ryan does a spitball through the window of the car. It hits this woman in the face from about 50 or 75 feet away. Cause you, and you can just see the woman go and look down at her hand. Ah, it was classic. I'll have to ask him uh, that on the 4th of July. Coming up, Independence Day. You have fun. I will. All right, so uh, good basketball talk. Yeah. Um, what were your, what are your thoughts? You know, we talk so much on the depth of Golden State, but they're really shrinking their bench too. You mentioned Bogut uh, under three minutes. Barbosa didn't play seven minutes. They're really only going seven deep right now, uh, with David Lee playing fifteen minutes and just under thirty seconds, and Livingston at twenty four and a half minutes. The other guys who got in, uh, Spades, Holiday, and McAdoo. Um, that was pretty much garbage time at the end of the game. Yeah, it's and and I think that's to your point, Sam, where you said that they uh, changed a little bit of some personnel. Uh, you know, keep your guys in there. Uh, I mean, you look at some other games back in Game Three; it was much more balanced. Iguodala came off the bench, thirty-six. Barbosa eleven minutes. Livingston thirteen. Festus Azalea eighteen. David Lee thirteen. So much more spread out. Um, and much more meaningful minutes. It, that wasn't a garbage time. This was game three was a five point game, so there's no point really where there was a and, time just throwing. Isn't your it interesting benchmarks. how you always see coaches shrink their lineups when it comes to these games? A lot of times, in uh, Golden State, Steve Kerr is being praised for what he's what he did with his lineup in in game number four, especially on the other side. You have people looking at David Blatt and. Matt Della Vadova uh, ended up in the hospital, had to get IVs hooked to him. Uh, just guys look tired on that Cleveland team. And now you have people calling for David Blatt to play some of these guys more minutes. Sean Marion, uh, uh, Mike Miller, get him a few more minutes just to give these guys a spell. you know. And, and Marion's listed as day-to-day with a minor calf injury. Kendrick Perkins hasn't played at all. Uh, do you think that's something that they should do just to steal these guys another second or two on the bench just to grab a breather? Because I, I thought Della Vadova looked tired in the first five minutes of that game. I was watching him run up and down the floor, and I was and my thought was he doesn't look like he has it tonight. You know, and let's see. For the season, he averaged he averaged 20, 20 minutes per game. And – He's he's and against Golden State he's played. Uh, let's see, he's played 33 minutes, 39 minutes, and 42 minutes when Kyrie hasn't been there. So his workload has gone up exponentially. I mean, not and that's not progressively, you know, going up. That's that's from 20 minutes to pretty much 40 minutes. So and it's these, doubling. And these are different than. Yeah, this isn't just a regular season game in right. December against Minnesota. This where, is where you're giving Irving a rest and uh, you're playing in you're playing the 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 fourth game in three days. The yeah these four this, this is this this series these forty eight minutes of each game it's the most intense games you're going to play first all year. Three games of this series uh, have just been extremely tough minutes. Every possession contended. Uh, so you wonder if Blatt will extend that bench just a little bit just to give those guys a little bit of a rest. And also, I, I, one of the biggest differences in the series, especially the two games in Cleveland, the beginning of the fourth quarter when they've sat LeBron for that minute or two minutes, 
Golden State has went on some big runs. Game three, they got yeah. they were down 17 after three. LeBron on the bench, and before you know it, it's down to a single digit game at nine. Uh, the other night, Cleveland they were down big, but they got it within six. Cle- uh, LeBron started on the bench, and by the time he came back in, uh, the game was essentially over, or it was it was on the verge of being over. Yeah, because I was over at Mike Cosentini's house uh, during Game Four, and Damon Kempe and Alex Lawson were there as well. And as soon as Golden State scored that first bucket, I said, "Get him back in. You, you got to yeah. get him in." I mean, he's the they one just guy. Lost. Yeah. He he's the, he's the one guy where you can't afford to not have him on the field for for a number of reasons, obviously. Yeah, and and during the regular season, this Cleveland team, they had the luxury of having Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James all healthy. And if LeBron James was taking a breather, uh, you'd have Kyrie you, Irving. You could and have Kevin another Love. score. Both those guys would be on the floor. If not, both of them, one of them would be. You could. With the two of them on the floor and LeBron on the, you could still do the high pick and roll, the high pick and pop, uh, a variety of things. Uh, even when Love was down and Kyrie Irving was still healthy, you could rest one at a time. So you always had that guy who who was a proven scorer in the league, and and vice versa. Not just Kevin Love and and I, uh, Irving. You know, if Irving was on the bench, you'd have you know uh, it'd be a rotation of those three guys. And, and uh, just one last note about the Delvadova minutes. He only played nine minutes in game one. Didn't that take was, a shot. There you go. Yeah, didn't take a shot. Only one rebound, three assists. So he's immediately just become a vocal point of this offense, expected to score. Of course, he had the 20 points in game three, a, a playoff career high for him. Uh, but it's if you're if Miami, if you're Cleveland, you need this series to end ASAP. I mean, really, uh, That's I think Game 4 was just as big as Game 3 to go up 2-1. I think they need to go up 3-1. That way they could have some wiggle room. Uh, but when you're playing these taxing games, these intensified games, every second, uh, every minute is is crucial. And it's nerve-wracking, and, and I think uh, it is getting on these Cavaliers players. Yeah, and let's see how the two days off, what that does for them. I know they got to travel, but it's still it's you're you're off your legs. You're yeah, you're you're getting hydrated. You're having your protein. You're you know getting all the stuff uh, you need. You need to be. I mean, there was times where even LeBron and then Delvadova were trainers. They would take these guys out for a few moments, and they were rubbing they were rubbing the Delvadova calves down early too. Yeah, very early. And maybe he didn't have his maybe their work cramps, maybe their warm, but uh, if not, it was just to pre- prevent them. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good sign if you're a Cavs no. fan. All right, well, so, uh, again, I have Golden State in seven. Sam has them in six still. Who? You. Do you still have Cavaliers in six? Yeah. Yeah? Whatever. All right, well, let's head to the baseball diamond. It's been a little while since we've done uh, Major League Baseball talk, so it's good to have it back. Uh, Sam, well, let's start off with the Toronto Blue Jays. They're on a nine-game winning streak. And during those nine games, those nine ones, they have scored a combined 62 runs. And, boy, did they score some runs last night against the Boston Red Sox. And I think, well, we'll see what happens with the Red Sox game today. Coming back from a 4 nothing deficit, still tied at 4, uh, playing in the 10th inning right now. But rock bottom for the Red Sox last night, I think, up 8 to eight to nothing early. And then, excuse me, you're right, 8-1. to one. It was 5 to nothing, then 5-1, to one, then 8-1. to one. Uh, and then losing that game thirteen to ten, <laughs> thirteen to ten, and but this Blue Jays team, it's it's interesting because 
their offense obviously jumps off the page at you. Reyes, Batista, Edwin and Carcion, Justin Smoke is hitting for Donaldson. Uh, Josh Donaldson might be an MVP candidate as the se- as the uh, as we get into the summer months of the season. Great trade for them. I mean, yeah. Uh, my, my, I mean, we talked about this on a podcast. I think over Christmas over, your Christmas yeah. break. Why would the A's go and trade Donaldson? Because he, he was still under contract. They had his controlled him until what 2018 or, yeah, or something, something like, like that, that. Um, but boy this team they're, every year right you hear this team they're the sleeper they're the sleeper they're the sleeper they're going to be good this year they're going to be good and maybe this is finally the year where they uh, are that team that people expect that they could be pitching still concerns me a bit pitching is a concern and speaking of that Sam this is a ball club uh, that has not recorded a save since May 4th they even had even a chance Pretty remarkable uh, yeah. to have uh, they and they have an above five hundred record uh, for the season right now. Uh, just they're eighteen and sixteen in the stretch. Yep, and and they're three games back, I believe, of first place or four games back in the AL East. So this is a team that's still winning, uh, certainly more often than others, uh, despite the fact and, and and they can't get a save here today. Well, they could. Or, or they could. They're the road team. They yeah. could. Actually, they have a very good chance to get a save unless unless they score you know five runs in the fifteenth inning. The Blue Jays, and which they could, which they very well could. Um, all right, so to some other transactions, the Chicago Cubs, Sam signed Rafael Soriano to a minor league deal. Is this a good deal for the Cubs? You know, I I think it's a deal where it's a it's a low risk, high reward deal for for the Chicago Cubs because Soriano, well, first off, he had a ton of success playing for Joe Madden uh, down in Tampa Bay. Uh, had a, a 45-save season in, in his year playing in Tampa Bay, led baseball that year. Uh, wasn't the closer in New York in 2011, of course. They had a guy named Mariano Rivera filling that role. But then he went 42, 43, 32. The question is, last year, his first half and second half, such, such drastic differences. He really, really struggled in the second half of the year. But if he, if he's successful, he can solidify this bullpen. Last year for the Washington Nationals, it was the second year of his uh, two-year stint in there. 32 saves and a 3.19 ERA. And, Sam, this is a team, the Chicago Cubs, that really lack a closer. They don't have much. The bullpen's been a struggle. And this is the type of arm where if he can – do what he's done in the past, he can still be very good. And and for them, their sake, I mean, if this is a team that wants to win in October, you need a guy that can go in there and and uh, get that lock, lock everything down, get the save. Hector Rendon leads the team in saves with eleven right now for the Cubs. Uh, Pedro Strope has two. Jason Mott once a, a, a very good closer Closed for, out the, the, World for the Cardinals. For the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, has the save, and then Travis Wood has a save. So 15 total saves for the Cubs. Uh, Soriano could certainly be a big help there in that department. Another closer. This one's on the market. Former Red Sox and current Philly closer, Jonathan Papelbon, uh, as the Phillies said that they will, uh, or the trade rumors will be intensified, and they'll be more willing to trade him as this July 31st trade deadline approaches, as we are about a month and a half away or so and until that day. Uh, this year, Papelbon 1-0, a 1.13 ERA, 12 out of 12 in save opportunities. Hasn't had many uh, shut the door in Philly. Uh, but the big part, Sam, you mentioned that they're 
willing to intensify these these trade talks is the Phillies are willing to pay Pavel Bonds $13 million for this season and then a portion of his $13 million vesting option next season. Which is season. a great deal for another team. Yes. Because uh, you, you figure, say they do half of the $13 million, then you're getting Jonathan Papelbon, who's putting up huge numbers. All-star for, type numbers. For, for what, maybe $6, 7000000 million, something like that? Yeah. Which is it's a, a bargain. bargain. I mean, if you split that, if you say split it over a year and a half, $4 million a year, I mean, that that's a, that's a really good deal for a guy who I thought maybe for a while was on a downturn, but he seems to have turned things around. And uh, I think he's definitely, they thought there was a chance he would have been moved last year. I think this is the year he's going to be moved, and it's kind of a tough situation. He, he could have won in Boston if he had st- had a chance to win in Boston if he had stayed. Uh, but the Phillies, when he went to them, you thought he was that guy who could maybe possibly be the missing piece. Trying to think, I, I think Roy Holiday was still there. Uh, that that great pitching rotation. You didn't think guys like Chase Utley, Ryan Howard. You didn't think they were going to fall off the face of the earth like they. Go- Hunter Pence was there at the time. Hunter Pence is back on the deal, by the way. Anyways. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when the Phillies in, in the 08-09 when they won the World Series and lost in the World Series to the Yankees, uh, Brad Lidge was their closer, correct? Does that sound right? Well, he was he closed out the game. He won, He was the closer in that game. Let me see quickly if he wa- I believe he was still there. He was their, you know, the, their go-to closer, yeah. the guy that they we, rely well, on the night. he closed out their 08 World no, Series. No, that's a home run by Russell uh, Martin. So there's your safe situation. Uh, yeah, Brad Lidge was there all the way up until 2011. Wasn't a good 2009 for Lidge. Uh, 7.2. 2011, that wasn't 2012. 2012, he finished out his career with Washington. Well, 2012 through. was Pebble Bonds. That would have been his first year in, uh, or his last year in Boston. Yeah. Because he was part of, the, he was on that team. With Bobby V? Yeah. Was he? he I think won. so. Maybe not. No. No. Maybe. Well, let's double check. All right. This is good radio, so why don't we continue talking while I look? Well, just so you know, uh, Russell Martin just hit a solo home run in the 11th inning off Matt Barnes, a UConn product. Uh, Bethel, Connecticut. A lot of Connecticut kids in the majors these days. Yeah, you got Nick Ahmad. You got... Well, Nick Ahmad, he's from East Longmeadow, but went to UConn. You ha- uh, you Matt ha- Harvey, of course. Matt Harvey, Dominic George Springer. Leon. George Springer. Um A.J. Pollock. Yep. Eric Campbell. Rajay Davis. Did you see the catch Davis made the other day? I did not. Uh, his first year, yeah, it was 2012 with Philadelphia. So he's the... made it clear that he wants out. He wants to win. Who does? Papelbon. He's made it clear. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's said I, he, a few times that he wants out. Th- and this isn't the first year where he said he's wanted out as well. I think last year was uh, the first year where he was really, really vocal. And, of course, if you know Papelbon, he... He's not afraid to speak his mind. No, he's not. Uh, the teams that are interested in him are the Blue Jays, the Rays, Cubs, maybe, depending on what Soriano, Mariners, and the Marlins. Those are the teams that have right now have shown interest in the right-hander. Yeah, but you mentioned the Cubs. How long are you going to wait to see if Soriano can be that guy? That's a, But that's at the true. same time... You don't want another team grabbing him. At, at the same time, you can bring Soriano in and maybe be that eighth-inning guy and have Papelbon be your ninth-inning guy. And all of a sudden, if Soriano's the Soriano of... Of old, of... Uh, then you're only pitching seven innings. That, and, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, you got a great one-two punch at the yeah. back of your bullpen. 
Do you think the Phillies are going to ask for more in return in terms of players since they're saying, hey, we're going to eat, eat up this guy's contract, give us some more? Because that's where I think in the past with they haven't been able to move guys like a Cole Hamels because they're too greedy. And I'm just afraid, knowing their their uh, their track record, that uh, if they say, hey, we're giving you, we're, we're basically giving you this guy for free, essentially almost, we want some better players in return. Well, I think... I don't know. The thing is, he's he's up there in age now, 34 right now, and he's also towards the tail end of his contract. You're mm-hmm. only you are gonna you would have him all of next year, but he's only he's got he's got a vesting option for the 2016 season. All right, uh, let's head over to the American League West. It's still uh, weird to say that when you're talking. Yeah, about the it's Astros. very it's very different. Houston Astros, they called up highly coveted shortstop Carlos Carrera, the first overall pick of the 2012 draft. He hit 313, 28 home runs, and 199 RBIs in three plus minor league seasons. And Sam, this is a big deal if you're an Astros fan because you got a lot of young guys up there in your club. You got George Springer, Altuve, still fairly young, Dallas Keuchel, uh, and now you got Carrera. Is it Carlos Carrera? Yeah. Carrera to this list. Well,. And you got to remember, they didn't sign the number one overall pick last year, Brady Aiken, uh, who was drafted again this year. I think the drafted 17th this time around. Uh, but Sports Illustrated did a great article on this team uh, last summer saying you're 2017 or 2018 World Series champions. And the, the funny thing is they did an article about four years ago now saying that the Kansas City Royals would be your 2015 or 2016. It was 2015. They were a year off. Yeah, so, well, they, they could be right. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, they could be right. Uh, so y- you're seeing it. Th- these teams that do a good job drafting kids by stinking for a long time are... That's the thing with baseball you, is... The, you get these young kids. You can get good quick. The Tampa Bay Rays. Right. You can get good really quick if you draft right and the guys pan out for you because you just bring them up. It's You're not making that splash on... You don't have to wait around for free agency. You just do it all internally, and all of a sudden... You got all these guys panning out at the same time, and like that, you're good. It hurts when you have to come to pay all the guys around the same time, but for the stretch when they're young and they're good, it's just boom right there, winning baseball. I'm just thinking about major league draft. There's what thirty rounds, forty, forty rounds. So you're drafting. Four- there's, th- there's well over a thousand picks. I mean, you're you're getting say you're getting 40 new guys every single year not every not every guy signs and then you got to factor in international players as well okay. because that's a whole different thing well, but you're drafting 40 american born baseball players every year into your organization let's head over to the injury report i have to go through bios for all 40 this week how's it how's it connected actually we'll talk about that in a little bit um injury report the cincinnati reds saying they lost their shortstop and their infield leader, Zach Cozart, to a knee injury, will be done for the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, this is a team, the Reds, that I think really have been underachieving the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I think Brian Price, this might be it for him this year. Think so? Plus, I don't like him. You wish Dusty Baker was still there? Eh, well, du- I think Dusty Baker's a fantastic manager. Yeah. I thought that was a mistake when they let him go. Yeah. But I also don't like the way Price has dealt with some things with the media and, and with umpires with getting tossed out a couple of weeks ago when he was handing out the lineup. Uh, just a few things that irk me, and here you go. Uh, Blue Jays, first save opportunity since May 4th. And you, you knew it would happen, right? Right after Jason yeah, Stark of, of ESPN put yeah. the article out? Yeah. 
You knew it was going to happen right away. You know he's sitting there now and being like, well, good thing I wrote it now. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, it's against the Red Sox. Uh, anyway, so the St. Louis Cardinals, not a good weekend or a good week for them. Lance Lynn, uh, retro- retroactive June 8th, was placed on the DL right forearm strain. This is a guy that came out of the bullpen a few years back now, uh, and now I think about it, one of the few guys that's really – well, he wasn't a closer – one of the few guys that's been able to turn reliever to starter. I'm never a big fan. I mean, we've seen a couple cases. Uh, I mean, they tried Papelbon to a starter. Well, there's, Daniel there's, Bard. Well, uh, they didn't really try with Papelbon. They didn't, but Bard, but they certainly they did. Want, I don't remember who it was they wanted to close then, but they didn't really have a closer. Craig Hansen? Don't talk about him. Triple A. Um, but there was a couple guys that they wanted to put in that closer role, and they realized that that wasn't a good idea. Uh, but... There's, I mean, Carlos Martinez, he was a reliever. He's a starter now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it depends. It's but just, I think it's if, just you, if you've done it for an extended period of time, then it's tough to do it's it. It's the Cardinal way, though, Sam. Both Cardinal guys you just mentioned. How do they keep winning, though, the Cardinals? It's unbelievable. Matt Holland, another guy, 15-day DL, my fantasy team. He's uh, He'll be on injury reserve, if you will, for, for a and couple weeks. they just weeks. keep winning. All these guys keep going down, and they yeah. just keep winning ball games. It's amazing. And already uh, earlier this year, in the last week of May, the, the Cardinals lost Matt Adams. So right there, two field, two guys in the field that down injury, a starter. Middle of the order, guys. Yeah. And and they're still. Now down a second starter, Adam Wainwright. Yep. Chris Carpenter's been gone for a while. Jaime Garcia, though. Yep. Back at it. He was, Yeah, he he just came off the DL. Always was. I've always been a big Jaime Garcia fan. You like the stirrups, don't you? I think it's the name. Plus, he's really good. All right, to the Nationals. June 11th, they placed Ryan Zimmerman on the 15-day DL with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Hasn't been the best year for Mr. Zimmerman, who has switched from third base to first base, only hitting 209 this season. So maybe, Sam, this two-week layoff would be good for him. Yeah, sometimes it is, uh, but it's also another case. I mean, they already got Jason Worth on the sideline, uh, uh, taking a bat, another bat out of that lineup. Uh, but it's been a tough, tough couple past. It's been a tough couple. The last couple of years have been tough for Ryan Zimmerman. All right, yeah, I'm going to talk for uh, hopefully talk for a living. But anyways, uh, <laughs> he he had a great stretch where he played well over a hundred games. Really, since he became an everyday player in 2006, the only exception was 2011 when he played 101. Uh, played 147 games in 2013, but in 14 played just 61 with the arm problems. Uh, this year they moved him to to first base. Just 56 games so far, and, and even though la- even last year in those 61 games, still hit 280. Uh, didn't have great power numbers, just five home runs, 38 RBIs, and this year farther down. So you wonder if the body is starting to catch up to Zimmerman. Still just 30 years old, but say, you know, it's like David Wright, he's breaking down as well. He is. Zimmerman holds a lot of the uh, franchise records for the Nationals. It's been a short, short-lived case. franchise, but still, it's it's one of the fans, certainly a fan favorite in the D.C. area. He's a staple there. Yep. Well, uh, warning to all Yankee fans, it's talk about Andrew Miller, 15-day DL, strain left forearm for the left-handed closer. And talking about a guy that's been really good this year, 101, 1.03 ERA, 17 for 17 in save opportunities. 
for the Yankees. And this was interesting, Sammy, because I was I was actually at the at, uh, the the Nationals Yankees game this past Tuesday with a couple of kids from school, Nick Akinfor, Matt Bossing, Damon Gray, and he pitched the ninth inning. He came in for a one out, wasn't a save. It was six one, but he came in, got the job done, and then I uh, hear a couple of days later that he's on the DL. Yeah, it kind of. Well, I was watching on Yes, and they were saying he had. He looked like he was moving that arm kind of funny. And now you wonder, him and Dylan Batanson have been so good at that back end of the bullpen. Uh, what are they going to do now? You saw them already struggle the other night. The first night he was on the DL, Jacob Lingren came in and uh, allowed some runs, and the Yankees ended up losing that game. So you never know how when you lose a guy so important to your bullpen, so crucial to your bullpen, how the guys in the bullpen will do when they get moved into uh, Different higher roles. leverage situations. Yeah. I think Batantzitz will be more than fine uh, in that in that closer role. It's, I think he's going to be fine. But it's the other guys, the, you know, the Jacob Lindgren, uh, Justin Wilson, other guys they have out in that bullpen, Capuano, uh, how are they going to do? And speaking of a closer, the Blue Jays just got their first save since May 4th. So, of course, the article is written by Jason Stark. We talk about it, and now uh, the Blue Jays have won their 10th straight game, and they reached double digits, and the, Rut- and the Red Sox have lost another one. Um, all right, you are listening to the – In other news. In other news, yeah. The, you are listening to the Sports Brothers podcast. Check out our page on com. I believe uh, he should be trying to update our page. I mean, we, you can see our tweets. like You can see his tweets on our page. Uh, and things of that nature. And check out our own website at thesportsbrothersblog.wordpress.com. I know that's a lot, but thesportsbrothersblog.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter. And follow us on Twitter, at Sport Brothers. In uh, big-time news, Amity won their third straight state title. It's unbelievable. I feel bad for Southington. 8-1 to one over Staples. It's a good win. It's a good win. Third straight, huh? Yeah, that's impressive. One's yeah. pretty good, let alone three. It was a 14 seed this year. What about Northwest Catholic, a 27 seed? I know. Well, the highest seed, and up 5 nothing right yeah, now. Yeah, 5 final. nothing. Uh The highest seed to make it through was Montville. The, no one seeds made it. This is Connecticut High School Baseball for everybody who cares. Um, a two seed, and they lost. So Sheehan might be the, the highest seeded team to win. It's unbelievable. Morgan's a four, but they're losing to Northwest Catholic. So, interesting stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you, I I still love following the. You know, I pay attention to the basketball. I enjoy it, but it's. I think it's because we play. We both played high school baseball. I really get into looking at the brackets for the baseball. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, and more so than any of the basketball, probably second, but definitely baseball. Because it means, yeah, it means the most too. And us. you know what it feels like. That pitch was off the plate, and you know the feeling. You know, like you can relate to what the kids are going through when they win or lose. Yeah, I was out in the field then, state championship game. <sighs> yeah, you, no, you weren't. I know. All right, I was. You were. Sam, Connecticut Tigers starts in. Uh, let's let's say six, six days. days. You looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to get the thing rolling. Yeah, I'm sure kinda, you are. Kind of sick of sitting out in that press. Hey, box. it's Emily Watcher. Oh, she's the uh, or Erica. Erica. Erica Watcher. MC for UConn Athletics, also going to be the MC for weekend Connecticut Tigers games. It's big time. Oh, yeah, big time down in Norwich. Um, where were we going with this? Oh, Connecticut Tigers. Yeah, I'm ready to get this thing going. Sick of sitting in that uh, press box. So those of you 
Yeah, by yourself. So those of you yeah. that don't know, I mean, Sam. I do have an intern, though. Do you make them work and tell them what to do and whatnot? Yeah. <laughs> there's not much for me to do, so there's not much for him to do. Uh, Sam will be the play-by-play announcer for the Connecticut Tigers, a New York Penn League uh, team down in Norwich and Dot Stadium. First game will be June 19th, same day, Game 7, if necessary. The good news is Game 7 will be at nine starts o'clock. at 9, but means like 9-10. Yep. So maybe we'll have like that two-and-a-half-hour game. Or it'll be a 15-inning marathon game in, in Game 1. So if, what time you know, time's your game? 4 o'clock? 7. Oh. Um... Awkward time for the season to start, really. On a Friday, yeah. No, I'm not saying on a Friday, but U.S. Open weekend, potentially NBA Finals, Game 7, and also one week before the Travelers' Championship, which I've gone to every year since 1999. And we're going to be in Brooklyn for the first three days. I'm going to try to squeak out an hour on Sunday Are you really? Yep. Just to keep the streak going. Oh, my God. Well, I have a press pass, so I, it's and it's on the way up to work. So I just pop in at like 8.30 real quick, watch like an hour, it's too 45 ba- it's minutes. It's too bad your life gets in the way. Well, I your, just, your, your, your first job problems. <laughs> well, I want to keep the streak going, you know? It's important, clearly. I'm proud of that streak. I want to be that guy in 20-whatever to say, I've been here every year since 1999. This is my 55th straight Travelers Championship. What, are you going to be on CBS and everything? Or no, CBS I, even has the contracts for that? No, I'm that just going to be that old guy sitting in my folding chair. Oh, okay. I remember back in 2000 when Phil Mickelson. <laughs> what is your best Travelers Championship moment? Uh, my best, definitely when Phil uh, jarred it for Eagle on the seventh hole in one of the years he won, I think 2000. Uh, Was that when you first started falling in love with Phil Mickelson? Yeah, that's that's where I credit my, my Phil mania. To Philmania, my God! Because, um, because, well, because then you know you go and you watch the other tournaments. That's when I just started getting into golf. And he had won in Hartford. You had seen him in person, and now he's competing in the majors. So I hopped on that bandwagon. Never was a huge Tiger fan. All about Phil. You can't like them both. Yeah, they're they're heated rivals. They are. What about McElroy? Eh, he's all right. I root for the Americans more so. Fair enough. Speaking of Americans, we're not going to go too much in depth about it, but U.S. Women's National Team, they tied 0-0 to Sweden last night. Good. 0-0. Didn't Good. score a goal. They did not. The, the the point of the game didn't happen once. No one, no one's able to the ball in the net. It's a great game, though. Well Ugh. played. Ugh. Well played by both sides. Hard-fought draw. I hope my kids don't like soccer. I'll, <laughs> hey, I will push them. If, if they like soccer, I'm not going to say, no, you can't play it, but my God. Just, just you know. Just baseball, basketball, or softball if you're a girl. But, hey, if they want – I wish I played soccer in high school. No, not me. I do. I wish I did. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 100%. Why? Why not? For, I was pretty good at it when I played travel. For me, it was like my season off because – and well, some, I did fall ball a couple of years, but for me it was – you get back in the in the rhythm of school and things well, like you're that. Lazy. Then, then you don't like to run a then lot. Then basketball, then baseball. I would have been a pretty good soccer player, I think, and a pretty good defender. Yeah, your your fantastic athleticism would just. I was pretty good at soccer. Yeah, I've never seen you play soccer in, in how many years? When was saying. the last time you played soccer? About five years ago. Five years. So, 
when you were seen no when you were a freshman in college something like that I went and played soccer at Tunxis Mead with uh, Andy Keating Orion Love and Ray Saturday we played two on two you played two on two yeah it's a full game isn't it huh it's a full game two on two well we played like half field or something well, yeah it was fun I figured it was fun I was a goalie in, in uh for soccer in gym I was I was like the goalie it was you were like Tim Howard yeah it was <laughs> there would be times where I'd like make like a save that I wasn't supposed to, and then the next one I just let one go right through right through my legs for no reason. That was a good gym class, very good gym class. Good for you. All right, all right. Well, we're running out of time, so we're going to skip the NFL talk. Not like I mean, it's June, anyways. Um, we're just going to kind of mention Des Bryant and that. Uh, just your quick thoughts, Sam. Uh, I think he's bluffing personally. Well, um, there's a history of this. Emmett Smith did it in the early '90s after they won a Super Bowl, held out. Actually missed the first couple games, and then finally Mr. Jones gave him the money. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Des Bryant, he's been good. He's matured, but he hasn't been an Emmett Smith type. Well, if he does miss the season opener, I won't complain. Playing the New York Giants in the season opener, so that's completely fine with me, Des Bryant. If you want to sit a week, that's okay with me. If you want to come back, whoa, what a play if he makes it. Wow. What a play, wow. Wow. I don't know if he had to tag him. I thought he had the bag. We're watching the high school baseball game right now. Great play by the third baseman. Hey, number 27 seed. Those are the plays you need. Oh, yeah. Anyways, you were finishing your thought? Yeah, just Des Bryant is an Emmett Smith. So I don't know how much pull he has as far as that goes. And he's still getting good money. He's just not getting it. He wants the long-term deal. Yeah, that's the thing. All right, now it's time for your favorite segment of the show. It's time... The Stump, the Bro. All right, Sam, it's 2-2. We both got the questions right last podcast. So I will go first this time. In the spirit of the College World Series, which started today uh, in, in, uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, what program has the most wins at the College World Series. Your choices are Texas, USC, LSU, or the North Carolina University. North Carolina. Nope. Texas? Texas, 85. All right. And then a fun fact for all you Connecticut listeners, Yale actually has two appearances in the College World Series. Good, Yale, man. Back in 1947 and 1948. That was dumb to do. Yeah, it was. But, hey... Those Ivy League schools, they were powers back in the day. No, oh, without a doubt. I mean, football, obviously. I mean, they that's were winning it... championships. I mean, not only. I mean, Holy Cross won a couple basketball championships. San Francisco won back to back, fifty six, fifty seven, I believe, basketball. All right, so we'll go with my question now. Yep. Who is the Major League Baseball all time Grand Slam leader? Lou Gehrig, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, or Mark McGuire? It's not McGuire. It's not Manny. It's either A Rod or it's either Lou Gehrig. I can't. Th- Gut feeling. I'm going to go A Rod. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember just because hearing that he surpassed Lou Gehrig. And you know, I was reading about this the other day, and I forgot that Alex Rodriguez did it because for subconsciously I block out a lot of Alex Rodriguez stuff. <laughs> I think and, a lot of people do. And this was one of those instances. 
So, all right, you take the lead. All right, I'm up 3-2. Yeah. Mic drop. Good. All right, well, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please, folks, tell us how you liked it, how you loved it, how you hated it, how you just whatever. Please tell us uh, if you like the segments, if, if you don't like the segments, whatever. Please give us some feedback. Uh, I know that Mr. Talata, he emailed me back uh, about a week ago now and greatly appreciate his uh, his listening and his feedback uh, because the only way that Sam and I are going to get better is if we hear how bad we are. That's uh, don't want to hear how good we are. That doesn't really do anything. You know, we, we want to hear what you hate so we know what is uh, – and Sam's telling me to hurry up. So I will finish it off with that. All right, thank you for listening. Have fun watching the NBA Finals and whatnot. Uh, have a great weekend, folks.